Hey everyone, welcome to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast that talks about video game news stories and highlights. My name is Luke and I'm your host and thank you for joining me on this week's episode of Games Are Fun. Now before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to share a special announcement. Um, I talked about the last couple episodes about wanting to grow the show to, to the next level and stuff like that and how I've kind of felt, you know, I've not had the, the creative... I guess I haven't felt the creative ambition to to bring new content into the show and I was kind of struggling of doing this show by myself every single week. And so what I wanted to do is bring in a co-host to the show on like a more permanent basis, not just having a guest. So uh, Adam from Level Grind Entertainment, who's been on the show a couple times before, is going to be a co-host on the show going forward. So uh, thank you for joining me, Adam, and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast on kind of a full-time position now. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to doing this. Yeah, so basically Adam is the, because this podcast, as you guys know, is very casual. It's very low-key. Um, you know, we're going to try to have Adam on the show pretty much every single week. Um, but if there's some weeks where our scheduling doesn't line up, we might have to just re- resort to even one of us. There might be episodes later down the, the line if if I'm too busy to commit, like maybe Adam can come in and do a show and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun uh, having somebody to share conversation with uh, in real time, right? So yeah. Um, so yeah, this week's show, uh, we're going to be sharing three different stories with you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about Modern Warfare. The new Call of Duty game coming out later this year is not going to include a Battle Royale. Uh, we're going to be talking about Halo Infinite and specifically... Uh, some comments that were made in regards to the Xbox One version, to the Xbox Scarlet or the next-gen Xbox version. And then we're going to end the show uh, with the last article talking about Resident Evil and some play tests happening for a potential new game. Um, and then we'll end off the show. One of the things I want to end off the show every single week now going forward is just kind of share between me and Adam like what games we've been playing and stuff like that. So... Um, before we start, uh, just a reminder that Games Are Fun is available on all the major podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Just search for Games Are Fun and it should be up there. A uh, new episode releases every Tuesday. I try to get that Tuesday release date. And uh, yeah, basically each week we just kind of go over major news in the video game industry from the past week. We kind of share what what we think uh of, of happenings in the industry and then also just share what we've been playing, what games we're looking forward to, et cetera, et cetera. It's about, it's about video games. So if you like video games, you've come to the right place. Um, yeah, I guess we'll jump into the, the first article here. So uh, this first article comes from Damon Hatfield over at IGN.com. Uh, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare devs comment on Battle Royale. So last year's Call of Duty, Black Ops 4 included the Blackout Battle Royale mode, which turned out to be a polished take on the formula that worked really well. But Blackout won't be part of this year's Modern Warfare reboot, and it sounds like the developer at Finity Ward didn't consider including it. At the multiplayer reveal this week, Joe... CSOT, maybe? Joe CSOT, the multiplayer designer director, told IGN that Modern Warfare and Black Ops 4 just have very different vibes. We really focused on Modern Warfare, authentic and gritty, realistic weapons, and it's a different experience. It's really just about pulling back to Modern Warfare and keeping that pure, he said. Uh, So no blackout, but will Modern Warfare have any kind of battle royale mode? Joe told IGN, 
Uh, Infinity Ward has big fans of Battle Royale. We're excited for the large player accounts and things like that, but right now we're really focused on core multiplayer. Part of that core multiplayer is a long-standing Call of Duty mode called Ground War. This week Infinity Ward showed off uh, 20 versus 20 gameplay. Um, but in the future, they're shooting for Ground War to host over 100 players. 100 players is a nice number for a Battle Royale mode, but based on uh, CSOT's comments, it sounds like that like that isn't part of the plan for Modern Warfare right now. Even though Blackout allowed for 100 players, three digits would be a first for Call of Duty's core multiplayer mode. The developers are really excited about this larger player count. Uh, we've pushed our networking engineers to allow us to have more players, CSOT said. On the technical side, we've had to do a ton of work on the multiplayer side to make things more efficient so we could push the player counts higher and higher and higher. <laughs> Blackout is definitely not going to be part of Modern Warfare and there aren't currently any plans to add a Battle Royale mode. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is getting a beta next month. Um, it's coming out October 25th, etc, etc. So, uh, I guess we'll start the conversation, Adam. What do you think of, first of all, I guess just Call of Duty deciding to not include a battle royale like what's your take on that um for them to admit it in this year's title i guess well i mean um at, at some point somebody was going to have to decide not to put a battle royale in their game and the the fact that they're what was it just this past what was it october november the last call of duty game mm -hmm. um you know they had a battle royale on that so i mean it we see it, there's a lot of work that goes into creating these battle royale modes and you know so much so that there's generally only one or two you know maybe three maps uh per game so i i think maybe um with the amount of work that goes into it and the fact that uh you know the last one that they had was actually really good i had a lot of fun mm -hmm. playing it myself um that they don't really need to i, I think that i don't think there's there's a real need for it because i mean Anyone that's going to be playing Call of Duty games probably still has that one, and they'll probably still be getting the new one regardless. Yeah, yeah. So, and they might even be playing both, you know, not at the same time, but, you know, like alternating between or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess the only problem then is switching games when you want to go from one mode over to, sure. um, you know, the Battle Royale or vice versa. But, um, yeah, I... I I mean, I think I'm okay with them not doing that because it, it might be a little overkill if they did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I pretty much have the same take. Like, the Battle Royale genre, like, regardless of what game you're talking about, whether it's PUBG or Fortnite or uh, Apex Legends, like, it's kind of that um, games-as-a-service model where, like, this is the game and then they're continually updating it, adding new things into it. Um, and, you know, we generally see, like, in the past... Call of Duty games continue to receive like support support even when like the new title has already been released right um, like I think I don't know I'm pretty sure they're concluded now but like World War II the one before Black Ops 4 like even a year after its release was still receiving some sort of updates and stuff so I, I think they're yeah they're just going to continue continue that with Blackout and Black Ops 4 um, it'll, it'll still receive some support and then once they kind of see that they're numbers have really gone down and most people have transitioned, you know, they, they might stop or, or at least, you know, not release as many updates, but I think they'll keep the servers on for, for a while and stuff. So yeah, if you, right. if you want that Battle Royale Call of Duty experience, you can just, you know, check it out in, in 
Black Ops 4, right? So Yeah, if anything, I mean, it, it might be more likely that we see a new Battle Royale come in, you know, the, I guess, the 2020, mm-hmm. whatever the 2020 Call yeah. of Duty game is yeah. going to be. Yeah, like Call of Duty's flipped back and forth so many times of like, like, even though, like, this is Infinity Awards game, this is, like, their focus of, like, trying to make it gritty and realistic, and they, they don't, like, want to pull away from that, I guess. And um, so, you know, that doesn't mean that next year's isn't going to be back to, like, sci-fi and futuristic kind of settings, and they can kind of play around with more unrealistic, like, elements, I guess. So, um, what do you think about battle royale as a genre like today in 20 like 2019 where we're halfway through the year like do you do you see it kind of continuing to be a popular trend like going into next year or are we going to see it kind of phase out i do i do think it's still gonna be a pretty popular thing going forward Mm -hmm. um although i'm not gonna be surprised if we start seeing it scale back a little bit Mm -hmm. i think we've kind of we're kind of over the peak of it where it's still going to be popular, but it's not going to be the, the trend isn't going to keep going upward. I think it's going to plateau a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think like all the major developers who have wanted to, uh, to get a, get their like hand in the pot of the, you know, the trend of battle Royale has already done. So like call of duty's got on on board already ea has with like apex legends and stuff like that and so i think like it's had it's like it's like the highest it it can in popularity and i think it will just kind of continue to be popular but yeah i think like it will eventually level out not to the point of just like no one plays anymore but i think to the point of like if we compare it to like overwatch right like how Mm -hmm. hero shooters were so popular and still are popular today but they were like really popular when overwatch came out and they were pretty much uh like continued to be uh one of the most popular genres it seemed until like battle royale kind of came along right so i think it'll just be the same kind of like pattern right the next big kind of mode or genre of video game will come out and there'll still be people playing this type of game but um you know a lot of people will move over to whatever's new and more exciting i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i agree yeah um what do you think, I guess, before we kind of change gears here, what, what do you, are you going to be picking up Call of Duty Modern Warfare this year? Or? Um, probably not. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of not been, I've been kind of getting away from the, the shooters a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but if anything, it might just be because there's so many other games coming out the, the back end of this year that I'm just not going to have time to, to play that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I've kind of battled with the same kind of thoughts of like, oh man, how, like, if I wanted to squeeze this in, like, it's gonna, there, it's gonna be tight with all the other things that are coming out the, the end of this year, but I, like, I, I, I'm definitely gonna get it more so to the fact that I really like the Modern Warfare, like, franchise, like, that's kind of the Call of Duty that I remember, like, playing as I was growing up in, like, high school and stuff, and... I, yeah, like, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, like, the the first Modern Warfare game was, like, one of my favorite video games ever. Uh, I remember just having such an impact on me, like, when it first came out and being, like, really enjoying it. And it sounds like they're trying to take this one back to that kind of same, Mm -hmm. back to the roots of that, I guess. And so, yeah, like, I, 
I'm kind of like I've fallen off definitely in the last like five years. Like I, I think Advanced Warfare was one of the last ones I got before I. I ended up getting World War Two, which was a couple years ago, and the only reason why I got World War Two is because yeah, I liked that. I thought that the the franchise has gone gotten a little far from what it started, and right. they you know when they bring go back to things that I enjoyed about Call of Duty, then yeah, I'm gonna be on board. But if like next year Black Ops Five comes out, like like I got Black Ops Four, and I think I only have played like Blackout. I think I played two matches mm-hmm. maybe in the multiplayer mode, and. Yep that's it right like so it's definitely not my kind of game anymore but i think with this one is the exception of like i think i'll I'll hang on to it but man it's gonna be tough like with so much stuff coming out near it yeah and and i mean part of the reason too is i'm sure the normal multiplayer is probably pretty fun in its own right but Mm -hmm. they did a really good job with their battle royale in that game yeah um, I haven't played a ton of Battle Royale games. I did spend some time in Apex Legends. Yeah. Um, but I think I liked Black Ops. I, I Blackout yeah, better mo- than Apex. Yeah. I just think that it was really, really solid. Yeah. Yeah. Apex has that kind of, well, it has so many different, like, um, kind of different mechanics in it compared to, like, Blackout mm-hmm. that, like, you have to be in a, like, I, I really liked Apex Legends when it came out, but now I've kind of, like, Sometimes I want to like play like some sort of battle royale, but I don't want to play Fortnite. And I don't want to play PUBG, and like Apex, it kind of has that thing where you, although I really enjoyed it to start off with, but like having to squad up with people. Like I sometimes want to just mm-hmm. drop in for a couple matches solo, and yeah, Blackout has been probably the best like battle royale experience in, in for me as well in in those terms. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Like I I. Like, I don't think it's still going to be the best-selling video game of this year, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. It's going to do really well. I think it's going to be really well-received, too, um, from the sounds of it. Like, the they're really focusing on telling, like, a really, like, gripping, like, campaign, um, yeah. like, single-player story. And yeah, that sounds like they're pretty taking a pretty in- intriguing direction with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, like, it's, like, like most times, whenever... There's always the argument that's come up with, particularly Call of Duty's had to to go through it quite a bit of just like you know glorifying war and everything like mm-hmm. that. So there's a lot of like debate still going on. It's like you know here here's this shooter um, game coming out that's trying to show like the the, every, the part the components of war um, on every level, both negatively. I guess well, there's not really a positive side to war necessarily, but you know what I mean. Like really showing the the truths yeah. behind it, but then turning around and like having a multiplayer mode where you have like skins and silly emotes and stuff like that. Like it's it's kind of one of those things that continues to be kind of a conversation as well. Um, so yeah, we'll yeah we'll have to see uh, how it does when it comes out. But I'm, I'm I have no. I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to do great. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the next story. So this is uh, coming from GameSpot. Eddie McCooch, I believe. McCutch? <laughs> That's the one thing you're going to have to... You might have to come in and save me a couple times because I'm so bad at names. Yeah, I don't know that I would have come up with a better <laughs> pronunciation on that side. Yeah. <laughs> I let you handle it. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I read an article like about like a Japanese video game, it's just like, oh, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm hopeless. Yeah, those yeah. are tough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is from Eddie over at GameSpot. Halo Infinite's Xbox One version won't be second class, Halo Boss says. 
uh, the project. Scarlet version of the game will be the special citizen, but people on regular Xbox One will still have a good experience, Halo Boss says. So, um, the article... Halo Infinite is releasing in holiday 2020 as a launch title for Microsoft's new and more powerful next-generation console, Project Scarlet, as well as the standard Xbox One in addition to PC. Halo boss Frank O'Connor spoke about this distributed release in an interview with YouTuber BlackMist523. O'Connor said the Halo development team worked alongside the hardware developers behind Scarlet to allow the game to look and perform amazingly on the next generation system. That being said, O'Connor said that people playing on the standard Xbox One, and presumably the Xbox One X, will still have a good experience. The Xbox One is not going to be a second class citizen. We're building it so it plays and looks fantastic on Xbox One, O'Connor said. Halo Infinite is also launching for PC on the same day it comes to consoles. That's a big change for the series as Microsoft never released the mainline installments after Halo 2 on PC, though they are coming to PC now through the Master Chief Collection. The PC version of Halo Infinite might end up being the best version of Halo Infinite, provided your rig is beefy enough, uh, O'Connor said. Here are his full thoughts on the matter. Um, uh, okay. Obviously, the special citizen... Obviously, the special citizen for Halo Infinite will be Scarlet, and we've worked with that hardware team to make sure the game shows up amazingly on it, and work with them to make sure that we know how to make sure the game looks amazing on it. But it will be for Xbox One, and it will look incredible. And it will also be for PC for the first time, day and date. So that's exciting for us too. That's changed the way we develop and the way we think about things, but we always... We are always shooting for the best possible hardware target. This time it's going to be up for you to decide. It is going to be it is it going to be Scarlet or PC? It kind of depends on your PC at that point. But the Xbox One is not going to be a second class citizen. We're building it so it plays and looks fantastic on Xbox One, and then everything else is plus plus plus. But we've got a few tricks up our sleeves that we're thinking about. Um Given the increased horsepower of Project Scarlet and O'Connor's statements that developer 343 Industries is developing toward the best possible hardware target, it remains to be seen if the standard Xbox One version will be limited in any capacities. Presumably, the better hardware with Project Scarlet will allow the game on that platform to look and run better, but any other differences between the versions are unknown for now. Um, then, also in the interview, O'Connor spoke briefly at a high at, and at a high level about Halo Infinite story and how it's connected to the events of Halo 5 Guardians, but also aims to be approachable to newcomers. O'Connor also talked about how, while the E3 2019 Halo Infinite trailer did not show any new gameplay, it did introduce players to some of what to expect about how the game will look and feel from the start. Um, Halo Infinite isn't scheduled to release until holiday 2020. Uh, there's a beta for the game that is going to be held prior to the release. So, uh, yeah, so this is kind of an article that I found interesting and wanted to talk about on the, on the not specifically about the, the topic, I guess, but more in broader terms about, like, the, the gap between current gen and that next gen and how games kind of will fall on both when they're released and how sometimes, you know, we, the, the older versions if they're not on the, the current new generation consoles, can sometimes not contain the same kind of features in games or they, they lack a lot of the stuff that, you know. So I thought it was interesting that they, they made a point in saying, because I think a lot of people had that question of, is Halo going to be the same on Xbox One as it is on the next gen? So what are your, 
I guess, Adam, what are your thoughts on the idea of games being released on both? Like, are you for it or do you think it should just be push consumers to buying the new product? Like, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised that they're releasing it on both. Um, you know, we see that a lot with new console generations where they're, you know, still producing their big titles for both platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe them when they say that they're going to, you know, not treat the Xbox One line as a second class citizen, but for how long, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's, it's only a matter of time, I think, until they stop eventually producing for, you know, Xbox One and only produce for Scarlet sure. now. Yeah. I can't help but wonder if you know at some point it's going to be this plays on scarlet and xbox one x and xbox one mm-hmm. and then eventually it plays on scarlet and on xbox one x but not, not on the xbox one. yeah the base you know xbox. so there might be like kind of a tiered sort of system where it gradually starts you know they start getting away from the the previous generation i mean it's only a matter of time i i really don't think they're going to support xbox one for the entire life cycle of the scarlet mm-hmm. as well yeah so yeah, like this is the part of transitioning into the next generation that it's always been the same kind of way, right? Like we've had so many, it was even going from the original Xbox to uh, to Xbox 360, there was those games that kind of overlapped on both and then eventually, you know, support is discontinued for the older console and moving towards, you know, what what's being sold and what people are playing, right? So yeah, I agree, like I it's... I don't see it being one of those things that, like, they're going to continue to release games on Xbox One. Uh, I mean, like, Halo Infinite was announced as that it was coming to Xbox One, so obviously they got to keep on that. And I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, for the next couple of years into Scarlet, whenever it releases two years after that, we're going to kind of continue to see some overlap, and then it will kind of drizzle out and stuff. Um, How do you feel about, like... So I guess a great example that I kind of pull up sometimes is Grand Theft Auto V. So Grand Theft Auto V released in 2013, and it originally mm-hmm. released on 360 and PS3, as you know. And then um, it came, like, obviously the new consoles came out just shortly after its release. And then I think it got ported over, like, a year later, I want to say. And then um, the online mode basically continued to receive updates and stuff like that um, on both. And then eventually they cut off the Xbox 360 and PS3 version. I Because, like, I, I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty certain that, like, the big update, it's, like, the, the casino update that just dropped on Grand Theft Auto 5, like, isn't in the Xbox 360 version. I may be wrong on that, but, like, how do... I, I know that there, for a fact there are games that are like that. How do you feel about, like, games being still, like receiving support but not to the same level that like the current gen ones are that's a good question (laughs) i mean it's nice that they still you know allow it to run in some capacity um but at the same time yeah i could see being frustrated you know if you're not getting all the same features as as you know the other console or whatever and it would also depend on how long you know it's been supported for too because i mean you know you look at 360 ps3 like you can only expect them to support that for so long, yeah. especially even after, you know, um, most other developers, including, um, you know, Sony and and Microsoft, like they're not making games for those systems anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it should be expected that, 
developers are going to continue that as well. I mean, um, Final Fantasy fourteen, for instance, yeah. like that used to run on on PS three, but it eventually got to a point where they had to shut it down. Yeah because they wanted to increase fidelity for, uh, you know, PS4s and all that. So they, they kind of had to make that business decision. So um, I, I think as long as the, the money is there, they'll keep supporting it. But I'm sure once they're start to, starting to see uh, diminishing returns, that's the point where they, you know, kind of decide it's not worth uh, continuing with the older older hardware. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I keep, I'm in this, the same boat as you. I think that's... It makes the most sense, and I think a lot of gamers are generally on the same page of that. Um, it, I get, but it's just tough, I guess, for some people to kind of wrap their head around that when, you know, because it is it is hard. Like when co- consoles first launch, they're generally a lot of money, and you know, for me and my like friend circle, I am really into video games, obviously. So I got my Xbox One like the first day, but a lot of my friends like it wasn't until like the console had been out for like two, three years until they started, um, until they, you know, went out and bought a new console and stuff like that. And, and talking to some of them, it was just because it's like, yeah, like it's gone to that point where they're not releasing any new games on this now. Now I'm ready to kind of make that transition. I, I played the 360 or whatever to, to as long as I could. And now it kind of works out for everybody because a lot of people are like, well, now and the console is like a hundred dollars, hundred fifty dollars. It's on sale or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, I can make that transition a lot easier. But yeah, it's that's it seems to always be the the topic of conversation when we're transitioning in the transition phase of like people, whether you think it's wrong or right, it's just kind of one of those things that we have to accept as gamers, I guess. So, and I think there's one one key thing that I think is kind of tipping tipping their scales a little bit and them saying that they're going to continue supporting the Xbox one. Mm-hmm. And that's the potential cost of, of whatever Scarlet is going to be um, with the rumored price points of PS five being around a thousand dollars. Yeah. Not a lot of people can afford that. And I no mean, kidding. even myself, I love games, but I'm, I don't think I would drop a thousand dollars on yeah. on a new console. I mean, at that point you may as well just get a, a new PC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if Scarlet comes out and it's at that same price point, if it if it costs a thousand dollars, it's going to take a long time before uh, before that generation really penetrates the, mm-hmm. the masses. Yeah. So they're going to have to keep catering to the the system that people can afford. So um, because of that, we might see you know support last for the Xbox One line a for a little bit longer. Yeah. 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 It, it's uh, yeah until we actually get like to know what the consoles look like, how they perform and what the cost point's going to be. Like we're kind of left in the, just kind of pondering on, on what it will look like. And I think that, yeah, that that's that important time of just like, it's on Sony, it's on Microsoft to kind of come out and hopefully have something that sells people. I mean, last console, like launch or whatever, PlayStation did a really great job of, I think getting a lot of people on board on PlayStation 4 um from the get-go but then kind of having a little bit of difficulty once the with you know releasing exclusives and not necessarily having the library but once it kind of levels out it's generally pretty good so um yeah i guess i i think for this halo infinite thing like once we get to see gameplay i think they will do like some sort of comparison and really go into the details um like the fact that he's already kind of having a conversation about this and we don't even know, haven't seen the game or know what it's like. 
it kind of just leads me to believe that once we actually see the game, we have information on a release date, that kind of stuff, they might dive into just kind of like to reassure people like this is the the Scarlet version, this is the Xbox One version, and like the, the, the it's going to be pretty minor stuff that I, I think most people aren't going to really worry about. So, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on that or you want to move on? Um, I, I think I'm good on yeah, that. Cool. Um, so this last article is a quick one. It's not really much to have a conversation about. I just kind of wanted to bring it to some people's attention. So this is from Connor Sheridan over at gamesradar.com. The next Resident Evil could be on the way as Capcom spins up playtests in Japan. So the Resident Evil series has been on a roll with its last two games, and now Capcom is putting together a base of playtesters for what is very likely to be the next one. The bad news is that Capcom's only accepting applications from members of the Resident Evil Ambassador program who are based in Japan. But the good news is that the playtest is coming right up next month. Maybe that means the new game won't be too far behind. Resident Evil fan site Biohaze spotted a translated spotted and translated the announcement, which was delivered to ambassadors via email, and it states that the playtest will be conducted on September 8th or 9th. It doesn't specifically say the new game uh, say the new game will be a Resident Evil slash Biohazard title, but it does say that you should have experience with the series to apply. Hopefully you already have that if you're on the Resident Evil mailing list. Capcom teased back in May that it has more games coming with the same engine that powered the Resident Evil 7, Devil May Cry 5, and Resident Evil 2 remake. A logical next move would be a Resident Evil 3 Nemesis remake, since it could share some of the work Capcom put into bringing Resident Evil 2 to current generation systems. Both games have scenes in the Raccoon City Police Department, for instance. Um, and that's basically it for the article that I want to talk about. So, um, are, were you ever, are you into the Resident Evil series? Uh, not really. It's never been... One of my one of my things. Yeah, I I've kind of I had a whole episode with uh, my friend Andrew, who's like an expert when it comes to Resident Evil. He he like he knows the lore. He has like a couple like special edition books that like are worth quite a bit of money. Like he's very hardcore into Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a lot of my knowledge from the this franchise has been through him. But I was kind of in the same boat for the longest time. I had played like bits and pieces of resident evil games but like never really got into it it wasn't until i would say like this generation that i actually put an effort into getting into resident evil um the seven biohazard uh was really solid obviously it was like a big change for the the franchise moving to first person and stuff like that but i think it was like it was getting the franchise back to a place because like Four, like four was good, but like five and six really <laughs> were not well received by the the mm-hmm. fan base, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like they've kind of moved moved into a, a better better direction for the franchise by sticking to again going back to its roots and what yeah. it's known for. Um, kind of a common theme these days, but <laughs> yeah, I I think it would be cool um, for I don't I don't know if like what you think but i i personally would like a like a numbered like game like a eight or something like that Mm -hmm. um a remake would be really cool but i like seven came out in 2017 i want to say so that's like if this game launched 2020 or something like that that's like a three-year gap i think that's enough time it's only i guess a one-year gap from playing a resident evil game but um 
Yeah. Did, do you have any interest of ever getting into the franchise or? I think at this point, it's probably not a franchise I'll get into at mm-hmm. all. Um, but I do agree with you. I hope that um, I think it would be more interesting to see like a like the the latest number version of the game. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and and the interesting thing here is that the uh, the place playtesting dates come right before Tokyo Game Show. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So maybe if all goes according to plan or if the playtesting goes well, maybe they'll have something to show. Yeah, that's true. Like the fact that. Like, this isn't just, like, a rumor of, like, hey, there, there's, like, job postings at Capcom. Like, this is talking about people actually coming and trying out, like, right. uh, yeah, an actual game, right? So they, they have something that, you know, is far along enough that they could at least announce it, right? Um, so, yeah, that would be really sweet if they came out to that and, like, and at least announce what this project um and now seeing that like this is now all over the internet and all the major news sites, like sometimes like companies feel pressured of like okay coming and speaking up on that uh, as soon as they can and stuff. So yeah, my my hope is that in the next month or so we at least hear what this could be if it's going to be a remake or a spinoff or an, a mainline title. Who knows? But I'm, I'm excited nonetheless. I think Resident Evil is like is in a really great direction seven was great two was like is one of my games of the year so far um so yeah exciting um all right that's it for the news stories this week um now i kind of want to just talk about end off the show with uh what we've been playing so far uh so adam i'll let you go first what have you been what have you been playing so i've been wrapped up into two very large time-consuming games right <laughs> uh the first of which being final fantasy 14 okay um since they brought out the Shadowbringers expansion right I yeah was very interested in that been hearing a lot of good things it reviewed super well um unfortunately for me the last time i played final fantasy 14 was before their first expansion heaven's ward uh so i had a ton of content i gotta get through first. sure and, yeah, yeah i mean don't get me wrong it's all great um I've been having a blast with it, but there's so much to do in that game. And I'm finally getting close to the Shadowbringers part of thing, okay. but I haven't done like hundred percent cleanup of, of the other expansions. Yeah. So I'm, I haven't gotten hundred percent of all the content in there, but um, everything I've done has just been, it's been great. It's just one, one throw after the next, they did a really good job and, and haven't done a really great job bringing actual story and content mm-hmm. to a massive multiplayer game. So uh, big kudos to them. And uh, the other game I've been playing is uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses um, on Nintendo Switch, which was actually a game I was going to skip. And then I saw the, the reviews and I thought to myself, I've really liked some of the other Fire Emblem games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fire Emblem Awakening on, on 3DS was fantastic um played a couple older ones back on the gba and it's like i'll give this one a go and um it succeeded in in sucking me away from final fantasy 14 which um (laughs) is is high praise yeah i will give them yeah uh, i was i was really wrapped up in that game and and uh fire emblem has just been so good so far i i think i'm about halfway through i think i'm right before like what's supposed to be like the big plot point like okay, i haven't spoiled yeah. anything the, for myself but yeah. i know there's like a the climax is yeah is near um 
so yeah, and so I'm really excited to to see how how everything plays out. Things are really kind of starting to get pretty intense where I'm at now. We're really starting to set the scene for the second half of the game. So gotcha. Well, so I for for me, I have a question about Fire Emblem because it's a franchise mm-hmm. I'm not. As I mentioned to you before, it's I'm not super familiar with it. I've always been intrigued by it, but I haven't really had Nintendo consoles for such a long time. Um, what is like the like the gameplay like loop of like Fire Emblem? Like, what is you, what what do you do? I guess in it. <laughs> so it's it's a tactical RPG. Yeah. So it takes uh, traditional like leveling up systems from JRPGs. Um, you know, killing enemies, doing stuff you know, earns you experience. As you get experience, you level up, um, gain skill points. And uh, they have a pretty pretty rob- robust, like, class system as well. Okay. So, I mean, if you're, if you played, like, Final Fantasy Tactics or maybe Disgaea, um, that would be kind of a really similar, um, similar type game, game types, yeah, I guess, yeah. where you have, uh, it, it's basically like a board. And it's grid-based and you move your character your playable characters along this grid um you can kind of think of it in a lot of cases like a chessboard. your oh, okay. your team starts on one side of the board the bad guys start on the other side of the board and you slowly work your way towards each other and um you know certain characters might be totally melee focused where you got to be right next to the enemy to do damage or uh, you might have like an archer or a mage where you can be, you know, a couple spaces away and still do your damage. Uh, there's some healer classes you have in there so you can heal and and buff and uh, support your your other team. Um, so it's very tactical in mm-hmm. that sense. Um, you got to kind of constantly be thinking a, a couple couple moves ahead sure, yeah. uh, to make sure you don't get yourself in a bad position. Yeah. Um, it's not super difficult. I am playing on the normal setting. Uh, there's a hard mode as well. Oh, okay. Um, I played on normal because I know it lets you, um, it lets you kind of grind out battles so you can get extra levels, more skill points, master your job classes. Um, so that appealed to me because level grind entertainment. Yeah. I like the level grind. <laughs> exactly. That's, <yeah. laughs> that's my thing. Um, I did put it on casual mode as well, which basically just turns off permadeath. Um, I see. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, if a character dies in battle, they're gone for good. Yeah. Um, I probably could have done without that mode um, because I haven't really been in in really dire situations where my characters die. And if they do, um, there's a very convenient rewind mm-hmm. option I did, I think uh, I heard that you can do, that. and that's yeah. available in regardless of what mode you choose. Okay. So like in the normal uh, mode, it has it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So you can just rewind time a bit, get back, and kind of kind of redo things a little bit keep that character from dying maybe gotcha cool yeah I, it seems like a game i think i it's definitely a different kind of game that i usually play i'll say that but mm-hmm. there's something about this one just leading up to it and and kind of hearing people talk about it on different podcasts and, and checking out the reviews when they came out that like i think this is something like a game that i could get behind i, I was talking to you um the other day about Fire Emblem and stuff, and you're talking about the 3DS and like how that could be a great entry level and stuff like that. And honestly, like I've kind of like so my 3DS has been on my nightstand, like collecting dust. Literally, I'm sure there's like a layer of dust on it. And I always like look at it and think like, oh, man, I I want to like go back and play a game on the 3DS. I don't know why. Like 
the switch is so great, but there I've had this kind of urge. And so when you mentioned that, I'm like, well, that could be a good opportunity. Like I was maybe thinking of Majora's Mask because uh, I, I wanted to play through that recently. And I'm like, I don't know. But this, I, I might look into getting uh, that just to kind of introduce me to Fire Emblem. And the kind of the concept, I know this game is different than, you know, the last and stuff, but could could be a good way to familiarize myself with that kind of game because that's definitely a big blind spot I have is in in terms of like what genres I've played and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah on aside from I think three houses is probably my new favorite fire emblem prior to that it was awakening, awakening yeah. um, which was a couple uh, couple entries back yeah but that game was just it was really good it was very accessible um, I think that might have been the first game that introduced the option to turn off permadeath. Oh, okay. Um, And it it was just really solid. Story was good. Uh, Characters were great. I I really liked it. And then, uh, and then they brought out, I think it was Fire Emblem Fates. I think it was. Mm -hmm. And they took a weird like Pokemon approach where you could buy one version of the game to get one storyline, and or you could buy this other game to get the other version. And then there was a third one. (laughs) It was a mess. Yeah, no, it was awful. It It was a bad call yeah um i just i didn't like that one as much i didn't care for the characters as much i didn't care for the story as much i actually didn't beat it so maybe there was some story beats towards the end that mm-hmm. made it better but um and that one i i'd say is probably okay to skip and then there was uh i think it was oh gosh i can't remember the name of it now but it was basically a remake of I think Fire Emblem 2. Okay. Uh, so an earlier entry, and they, they remade that and put it on um, 3DS. I did not play that one, so I can't say, if it can't was, speak yeah. to that one at all. But yeah. um, Awakening was real solid. So. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I think I'm going to look like uh, some of the used video game stores in in my city like actually have a decent amount of 3DS games uh, available. And... I think I might go and see if I can find a physical copy of it um, or maybe check on eBay or something like that. I don't know. Um, before I move on to what games... Or, sorry, have you played any other games or those have been the main two? <laughs> like, those are pretty big games, so they've probably taken up a lot of your time. Those are literally the <laughs> only two games I've played for the past... A couple of weeks. Uh, that's not true. I've played some Mario Maker 2. Oh, okay. Um, but that's kind of... It's uh, really fun game. It's it's pretty much what you would expect. It's just fun to kind of jump on yeah. just for like a couple minutes, play a couple levels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, it's I, I mean, I definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Super Mario Maker. Like I, I, again, I've been on the fence of like, should I buy it or like, I'm trying to budget for like the fall, right? With so many yeah. upcoming games <laughs> and. Uh, I've like really just had an awesome time watching like uh, Twitch streamers and stuff like that, uh, or YouTubers, mm-hmm, yeah. or watching ge- like different. So much fun to watch. Yeah, it's really fun, and so like I don't know if I'd be much of like because there's the, the the great thing about that game is like you can kind of play it in two different ways. Like you can play it to build levels if that's kind of um, what you like in that game, or you could just play it to to play other people's levels and play it through that way and. I, I don't know, like, I, I, I kind of want to jump in to s- figure out which one of those kind of categories I'd fit into, or if it's both, because, like, I, I I don't know, like, I'm really just terrible at Mario games, because I didn't grow <laughs> up in that generation and stuff, I'm a little younger, so, like, I, I'm, I, when I, I definitely played them as a kid, but, like, I, they're, 
there were other games. So I never grew up with those 2D platformers and stuff. So when I play Mario or whatever, I'm just like rubbish at it. So I don't know. Like I, I'm a little intimidated by some of the the courses I've seen and how crazy they can get. But um, I like there's just such a it's a, getting so much support right now that I think I could jump in and definitely find yeah. you know my level of. Uh, and they do make it pretty easy to, to filter it out based on uh, like categories difficulty stuff, of levels yeah. that you want because there's what they call endless mode where you have a certain amount of lives to just beat as many levels as you want. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically set up into easy mode, normal mode, expert, and then super expert. So, I mean, you could go into easy mode and, and find a lot of really cool creative levels in there that aren't too difficult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, play through, you know, as, as far as you want to go, you can save your progress. So if you want to put it down for a little bit, you can kind of pick up where you left off. Not that it matters because, you know, the levels are all picked randomly from a giant pool anyway, but, um, they kind of rank you, I guess, based on how many you've completed in that tier. But I mean, it's all arbitrary and it doesn't matter, but it's a, it's a good way to kind of sort by difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people were, like, com- compared to, like, the first one, again, I never played the first one, but that was one of the things that giving more filters and stuff like that or ways where you can follow people and and who make good courses and stuff like that have made it easier to find courses and stuff because I think, I, I, I don't know what I was listening to, it was kind of funny or another podcast of just people talking about the older games and having a difficult time, like having to resort to the internet to, (laughs) to find like going to Reddit and finding those good courses and stuff like that. So it seems like it's, it's set up in a way that you can kind of access a variety of whatever courses you want and stuff. So I think I'll, I'll probably pick it up if it ever goes on like a black Friday sale and like drops like 20 bucks or something like that. Like I could see myself like just instantly buying it Mm because it's probably pretty if anything it'll maybe go on sale like once or twice a year but because it's that first party nintendo game like it's gonna probably stay full price so um yeah i haven't had like i'm waiting for like Link's awakening so i i i I, i've been on the fence about it but i think it I'll, I'll, i'll eventually pick it up um before i get to my games uh i did want to just quickly jump back to to final fantasy 14 because i it's a game that i've actually been interested in for I think once I got into, because as I've talked to you on the show before, like Final Fantasy is a series that I haven't really um, gotten into until recently, and I've been kind of wanting to to try out different Final Fantasy games. So I really liked Fifteen. Um, with Fourteen, like what kind of like is there another online like RPG game that you could kind of compare it to? Like I I play a lot of World of Warcraft back in the day. Is it that kind of? Is it like Elder Scrolls Online? Like what kind of? What's the the gameplay loop for for that game? I guess. I don't really have enough of familiarity with with other MMOs okay. to to be able to compare it. The yeah. only one I the only other one I ever played at great length was Final Fantasy XI. Okay. Um, there too really different games in in terms of gameplay um they both have you know job class system where you can change job classes almost whenever you want Mm um 14's really good about it i mean you can literally change it whenever you want uh which is pretty cool yeah um but yeah that's really the only the only other uh mmorpg that i've had enough experience to compare 
is it like so i guess i'll, I'll put it like a majority of my like like if we compare it to world of warcraft or elder scrolls is it the same kind of like style of like you're you're in a um a world or whatever this world and you you basically it's just like quest based missions where you're like you pick up a couple quests do objectives or whatever and is it like that kind of stuff or is it more like mission based or like what what kind of like things do you do in the game so it's it's very quest based um so you pick up quests um either main main story quest or you know side quests or whatever and you know each of these quests will will have you you know move about the world and complete objectives from you know killing monsters to um you know going out and i guess kind of fetch questy type stuff um you know you go out kill enemies um you know there are like crafting jobs and and harvesting jobs so you can go out and you can harvest from like trees like um like logging points or mining points and stuff like that um but it's it's got a really big world there's a lot of different zones to move through um you know to to get to what you're doing and then there's um kind of uh interactive like battles where it's they call them fates and it's basically kind of like a circular area that you run into and it's like a specialized mission where it's basically just you know kill a certain number of enemies or or kill this boss enemy and it's something where like anyone in that in that zone can join in and and fight with you yeah 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 um so it's big like interactive with other people and those are pretty fun gotcha okay yeah i it sounds like pretty much the the basic like gameplay of of a typical like mmorpg or whatever Mm -hmm. and i've been wanting to like find because i like i said i played world of warcraft back in the day and really like probably like got to that point of like i'm borderline like unhealthy addiction to it (laughs) but um like i've always wanted to since i kind of moved on from world of warcraft i've always wanted to find a game that kind of provides a similar kind of experience i've played around with different things i played like neverwinter i played a little bit of Elder Scrolls Online, which were very similar in that regard. But um, with me kind of having an interest in Final Fantasy as of late, I, I honestly, it may be a game that I, I may look into picking up and um, maybe we could play together because I think that would be fun. Yeah, it's, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. I've been enjoying it immensely. There's a lot of content, Yeah, I will yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. Be prepared um, for that. <laughs> there's, you know certain things you can do that you can kind of get a lot done in a short amount of time but then there's other you know aspects of it where you know it's it's still long just in general like even just the main story stuff is is lengthy so it's something like you know some days you might have to dedicate a decent chunk of time to actually get enough done sure yeah 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 i think like once like we get back into sip well it's hard to say because again there's so many games coming out but I, i want like a I've been really wanting a game that I kind of come back to and like play regularly and because I've been going from game to game to game and I feel like the best for me is like having a game that I can kind of always come back to. I like going from one thing to the next and stuff. Sometimes I'll find like that have that feeling of like "Mm, i like i'm moving around too much so i can't i'm not feeling like invested in these games and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and i want to have something that i can kind of go back to so when i'm not really wanting to play 
you know, these other games I have to go, I can go to something that like I'm familiar with and comfortable with and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe Final Fantasy 14 is something I could check out and see if it's kind of what I'm looking for. So mm-hmm. I think there is a, um, an option they have where you can kind of do like a free trial. I think you have as much time as you want. You can, although it, it kind of caps you on, on some of the content you can do, like sure. you can get up to level 35 oh, okay. and unlock certain jobs. I think other ones like you can't get, but there's decent number that you can. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of get at least a general idea of what it offers and stuff yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's actually great to hear that's that's how i i got onto world of warcraft is like a friend played it and so i'm like oh there's a trial you basically can go level up to level 10 and so you kind of get a feel for like what's out there and then once you get in the game you see like how big it is and how much content and how like there's just endless opportunities out there you're like okay i think i'm on board for it now I'll, i'll commit to buying it or whatever so um, yeah, I'll, I'll look into trying it out and I'll let you know, maybe we can, if I end up getting it, we can play together or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll quickly run through my games that I've been playing. Uh, the first game I wanted to talk about was Blazing Beaks. So this is a game, it's an indie game that came out uh, at the end of May, I want to say. It's available for the PC and the Nintendo Switch. And uh, basically this game, I, I got it to review for King Gamer, the web- website I, I write for. Um, so I basically, it's a roguelike or roguelite, whatever <laughs> term you want to use, uh, dungeon crawler, where you basically play as these kind of like birds and um, you just dungeon crawl. So there's... It's procedurally generated, you drop in, it's from a top-down perspective pretty well, and uh, there's a bunch of like kind of each level has a bunch of mutants kind of scattered across, and once you wipe out all of those mutants or enemies in that area, you progress to the next one. Uh, The kind of cool-ass like gameplay mechanic I like about it is it's not like, okay, there's, uh, you know, in level or world one, there's five levels you need to complete to move on to world two. It's kind of like gives the the freedom of choice to the player. So like the boss level is kind of the way that you can move on to the next world. So when you, you play through probably like four or five different levels and you, I would say, yeah, after the fourth or fifth level, all of a sudden like the next door because once you clear an area a door will unlock for you to progress to the next you know level within that stage once you once you beat four or five a dungeon door will pop up and so you can go if you want and take on the the boss and beat him to move on to the next level or you can kind of continue progressing through the more levels and stuff like that eventually it will only make the the boss door the next door you can go through and stuff but it's kind of cool because you can kind of like figure out what how you want to play it so you can go in rush to the boss as soon as you can but then you're you're leaving so much so many levels of like loot and upgrades like on the table but if you the the difficult part is the things that enemies drop that you have to pick up are actually things that basically make the game harder for you so it'll be like things like um, you know, coins that you pick up will explode if you come into contact with them. Or uh, they'll just be like kind of restrictions, like your player's speed is decreased by 25% or something like that. 
And what it does is if you pick these up, they'll eventually be like, you can access a shop and within the shop, you can trade in these like really bad things you've looted and they'll exchange it for like good things. So it'll be like, you know, faster fire rate for your weapon or more damage, or it'll increase your max HP or something like that. So it kind of like, it, it gives the player kind of a way to figure out how they want to play it. Do I want to make it harder for me right now by taking on all this bad loot that makes each level very difficult, but I, I'm going to be rewarded later on, or do I want to, you know, make it opposite? Do I want to try to progress through as much as I can and and then have to deal with the the tough stuff later on, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's really fun. I really, like, recommend it if you like roguelites or dungeon crawlers. Like, it's a really... Like, you could do a full run of, like, the main... There's there's six stages total, but you only have to complete five, I think. Because um, a third stage, it gives you the choice of, like, do you want to do this stage or that stage, which is really cool. But, yeah, it's a fun game, but um, you can run through it in probably, like, 25 minutes. But that's the thing is, like, it's really, like, fucking hard. Like, it's so hard. <laughs> it, like... The, the thing that sucks is like when you die, you don't get to go back to the start of the stage you're on. You have to go all the way back to like world one, level one. And mm -hmm. in my review, when I review this game, I'm like, this is something that like, you know, old school gamers are, are used to before like safe states were an option and right. stuff. But it's still, it's in, in today's world, like that's that's something that it is difficult to kind of wrap your head around and, and strategize. Um, but it's been, it's been really fun. I'm going to talk a little bit more, uh, about it with, when we get to the end of the show about our question of the week, cause I'm, I'll save that for that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun game. I recommend, I think it's like 1499 or something like that on the, uh, the Nintendo eShop. So, um, I give it an eight out of 10. Um, although it made me nice. really angry, I think like there was a lot of smart things that I kind of already touched on that made it really, really fun. Um, yeah, it never felt like, although it was really difficult, it never felt like it was unfair. It was kind of that, the similar kind of thing that it seems to be quite common nowadays of like really difficult games. Like you look at like Dark Souls or Bloodborne mm -hmm. and, or Celeste even, and those, that kind of like, it's really difficult, but you don't want to stop. You want to keep playing so that like, cause you're, you, you, you see yourself improving and getting further in the game and stuff. So, um, Yeah. And then second game I've been playing, I took this one out at the library because uh, like sometimes I'll just look at what what's been like what's new to the library, what's <laughs> accessible to to borrow. And there's this game, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Are you familiar with Bendy as a character? No, no, yeah. <laughs> so I had no idea who this person was. It was my nephews. I, I'm starting to get that. I'm, I'm starting to get old, I guess, that I don't know all the current things that are are happening. But it's basically like um, Bendy is like this horror game that came out a couple of years ago. That it's basically based on like the old school. It's a similar style of like old school like Disney cartoons, like old school like Mickey Mouse or Goofy, that kind of animation style, um, but like with a horror twist. So it's that kind of art and everything like that, but you're just dealing, it's a horror game, right? Um, really weird game. I don't know like why I have the urge to, to keep playing it, but basically this game, Benny and the Ink Machine, is like you used to work at this animation studio for, that like created, created Bendy and all these other characters and stuff, 
and you return back to this um, place because I think you're like worried about this person uh, who runs it. You go to check it out, and of course, like shit's gone crazy, and it's like all spooky, and like you're trying to figure out what happened to the the people that worked here and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to really talk about, but that's kind of what I've been playing. It's really cool, like art style. It's really hard because the game is in like this like almost like it has like a sepia filter to it like everything's mm -hmm. like brown and kind of orangey so you a lot of the stuff you have to do in the game is like task based you have to like find certain items to progress to the next area or whatever but because everything is the same color you get like lost a lot of the times and like you're trying to figure out um you know which hallway you need to go back down and that kind of stuff but yeah, it's like an interesting game. It was, it was again, free because I just checked out the library, so I've been playing mm -hmm. that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. The The title makes it sound like it'd be like a children's, like, maybe platformer. Yeah, or like right. Or like a Banjo-Kazooie, like, like a collect-a-thon type yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's definitely, like, I think its target audience is, like, not kid kids because it's i think it's rated like teen it's not like mm -hmm. super scary or anything but i think it's okay. like a great like introductory like horror game for kids like something that like kids would probably be like like i don't know 10 11 12 13 somewhere in there like just getting into like maybe scarier video games and that kind of stuff the same kind of appeal i guess like five nights at freddy's has to okay like it's that kind of uh demographic i guess so mm. um yeah Interesting game. Uh, last <laughs> last game uh, before we kind of wrap up the show is The Sinking City. So this is a game that I was kind of interested in for a while. Um, basically, the developers who made like the Sherlock Holmes video games created this game. Um, and for those of you who I'm sure a majority of you listeners are not familiar with the, the Sherlock Holmes because they're kind of have a niche audience. But um there was two that released this past generation, their Sherlock Holmes games, that uh, basically had this mechanic of you would have a case and uh, you would have to solve it just like Sherlock Holmes would. And it would kind of be a combination of going to crime scenes and looking at evidence and finding clues and then also using like archives back at your place to like find newspaper like that kind of stuff that could lead you to finding a suspect or something like that and so basically what they did is they took that kind of gameplay mechanic from the Sherlock Holmes games they brought it over to this new game called the sinking city and it's based on um Cthulhu and like the I don't know if you're familiar with Cthulhu at all a little bit yeah yeah and so like the the mythology and uh, about like the I can't remember, I think his name is HP Lovecraft or something. Lovecraft. Yeah. yeah. And um, so it's based on the the stories that he created back in the day. Um, and it basically you play as this person who's come to the city that's like, it's sinking. There's all these terrible things that have happened. You were brought to the city because you've been having these like, uh, like visions or like nightmares that of, of like the, of Cthulhu and all these like shadowy figures and just things that, have been going on and so you go to the city and there's the city is like been basically overwhelmed with this kind of darkness and so like people it's like really damp damp and like dark and stuff like that and uh, you're basically your objective is to 
solve a bunch of different crimes that kind of lead you to figuring out what's been happening to the city and what's going on, what this darkness is, that kind of stuff. Um, the game itself like has a really interesting story and there's lots of like kind of lore and, and stuff added to it to create this really cool narrative. But the game itself is like not really well polished. Like mm. the Sherlock Holmes games were had a certain level of jank to them. Like they were kind of uh, rough around the edges. You get texture pops or a little bit of input lag and that kind of stuff. But it was kind of forgiving because it was a pretty, it was a shorter game. Uh, a lot of the gameplay was interviewing, interrogating suspects and, and that kind of stuff. So you didn't really have to worry about combat and stuff. Uh, but this game does have things like combat and it's an open world. So you're like having to move around a lot and it's just like, like for example, loading times, I timed it and it took from the start, like when you boot up the game, it took like a minute and a half uh, of just looking at a loading screen to get into the game. And then basically going, if you had to fast travel or something like that, it takes about 45 seconds to 60 seconds. And that, yeah, that's like a lot for, it sounds like when we compare it to other things it's not it's only a minute but like in a video game like that's a lot of time right mm -hmm. yeah. So, so yeah like I have it's been frustrating to like get through it because it's taken so long and like the cases take a lot of work to like uh, find evidence and that kind of stuff it does a really good job at like pushing you along to make sure that you found all the evidence in like a certain spot and stuff but yeah like it's a game that I didn't, wouldn't necessarily recommend I think if you like kind of that kind of um, like setting or whatever, it may be a game you're interested in, but it's it's unfortunate. It looked like such a cool game, but it's just like, yeah, like really bad um, on a technical level. So, which is unfortunate, but yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of what I've been playing, and then I I had the poor choice of introducing my girlfriend to Stardew Valley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so she has basically taken over my switch but uh -huh. <laughs> um I, I haven't uh had the opportunity to beat cadence of hyrule yet i'm like did you beat cadence of hyrule yes yeah so i'm at like so there's the four like main or the four bosses you have to beat right before the mm -hmm. final boss i i'm assuming yeah and i'm like there's one more i'm like just starting um the last like the fourth like boss fight or whatever so i'm pretty gotcha. well near the end i've been in every single area pretty well I haven't collected everything but i'm just trying to wrap that game up um, now did you keep the the rhythm thing on or did you i have yeah i actually oh, nice. did not even realize you could turn it off until i was hearing <laughs> other people talk about it on on podcasts and then like oh i didn't even know that was a, a thing so i don't know i i think i might keep it on because i've gone this far but um, it took a while, like until I got like, I don't know, five or six hearts, uh, of life. Like it was pretty bad. Like there's lots yeah. of dying and it is, it, once you kind of get o over that hump of like figuring out what the game is and, and the rhythm, like mechanic or whatever, it's, you pretty much can kind of figure it out from there. But, um, yeah, it's really tough to start. And then yeah. once you kind of get some, some items, some weapons, like it, it almost gets really easy mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of weird the way difficulty works <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, most things kind of progressively get harder but this one's like it was definitely challenging from the get-go um 
so yeah, and then I, I'm still like almost like not daily, but me and my girlfriend will like drop in and play Mario Kart because like that's such a fun game. I don't know why it mm-hmm. took me so long to finally get it, but once it was on sale, um, I picked it up. I think on Prime Day or whatever, and yeah, it's so good. Like, uh, whenever I have like a spare minute, if I just have like half an hour to play some games, I'll like drop in and like play a couple online matches and stuff. It's it's just it's fun. So, um, yeah. So that's the show for this week. Uh, so we're gonna revisit a segment I used to have on the podcast, and that was question of the week. So for those of you who remember, question of the week is basically. Each week, I give you guys a question. You guys could write in to the email address, gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com. you give your answers. I'd read out your guys' answers the next week, and then I'd reissue a new question of the week. And I then kind of stopped doing it because, obviously, like, there's not a ton of people that listen to the show. Um, and I only had, you know, really Coleman and Brian, like, they were writing into the show. Um but eventually got to that point that it just kind of seemed forced and unnecessary. But now because you, Adam, are going to be on the show and have someone to talk to, <laughs> I wanted to end off each episode going forward with like a question. Um, it can be super silly or it could be a super generic question. It's going to relate to gaming in some way and we kind of share our responses and then uh, open up to you guys. If you have a response, uh, you can email the email address, gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com like I mentioned and give your answer and then we'll read it on next week if anyone sends one in. But uh, this week's question of the week is, what is the angriest you have ever got playing a video game? So Adam, in recent memory, what is the angriest <laughs> you have ever gotten while playing a video game? So the big one for me recently, um, I mean, I guess within the last couple of years was when I was playing Bloodborne. Uh, when oh, okay. that first came out, I was playing through and uh, I was going for the Platinum. I was almost there, and um, one of the one of the challenges, you know, for like I guess end game type stuff is what's called chal- uh, chalice dungeons. Okay. And uh, these are sort of randomized, um, sort of like dungeons with that are very difficult as you get towards like the end of them. Yeah. Uh, and so I was on the boss before the very last boss that you need to beat to get the platinum. And I died to this boss so many freaking times. Um, and I, I have to say it was the first time playing Bloodborne that I felt like I was getting cheated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the deaths were cheap. Um, yeah. Everything else felt tough but fair, as yeah. you kind of touched on earlier. Yeah. Um, where I could kind of link back my deaths as to what I did wrong or what I needed to do. Um, to beat like a move or a mechanic, mm-hmm. but this boss just didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. I was, I thought I had, you know, my dodges timed right and everything, and I just kept dying. Some of the moves felt really cheap, yeah. And I just, I got so mad, and I, I, you know, took the controller in one hand, and I smacked it on the ground the whole time, <laughs> and I just whipped it across the room, yeah. And uh, to PlayStation's credit, it was still mostly intact. <laughs> it um, it wasn't usable anymore. Oh, uh, the man. casing popped off. Oh, really? Just enough, and the buttons came out of alignment, and yeah. I couldn't seem to get it back together. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't use the controller anymore. But it didn't shatter or like break into a million pieces or anything. Um, it, it it held up surprisingly well, but it wasn't usable. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was. And then the, the funny thing is, is you know, I got to the boss after that one. And 
I mean, it was like a breeze. I, it, you know, maybe two or three tries and, you know, I popped my platinum and super happy. It was just that one boss. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but yeah. 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 Oh, so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's like, that's been with the Bloodborne. I obviously is like notorious for the soul. The souls games are so notorious for being difficult and stuff. And I, I tried Bloodborne and I think I got to like the first like, I don't even know because it was a while ago, but I got to a spot where I like was stuck and I just like, no, nah, like this isn't my kind of game. I can't like continually die and just like I had no motivation to to get better at it and stuff. So I, I give huge props to you and anyone else who like can get through those games or even like as much as like platinum and then like that's just boggles my mind. Um yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, for me, this is the reason why I had this question. I'll, I, this isn't my, my moment. I'll just quickly touch. Blazing Beaks is like, as I mentioned, such a hard game because you really have to um, like come up with a strategy. The birds you play as like have different uh, pros and cons, I guess. And sometimes those abilities like can hinder the the playthrough like there's one where like if you have max hp so let's say you're four out of four health and you get hit while having max hp it will decrease your max hp by one so then it'll be you'll be like three out of three and then so like i'm like why but i can't remember what the reward was if the exchange for that was like you could i don't know have better firepower or something like that but there was eventually one that stuck with me where it was like the the if you this was a the negative um, part like the the consequence I guess for this character is it if you had max or sorry if you had one out of one heart out of your max HP so like one out of three and you got hit it would then go one out of two and then you got hit again and be one out of one but I just saw that as like oh now I have three more like lives right whereas other characters I would just die so eventually I, I chose that and was able to get through the game but before that like I was trying to find characters that and the strategies that worked, but it just, I was getting so mad because every time you die, you have to start the game over again, essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I had the pressure of like, I need to get this review done. I need to beat this game. I need to like see as much of this game as I can. But like, it was just getting to that point of just like really angering me. And, and eventually that I have to get, and that's why I gave it uh, the rating I did. It, it like eventually pushed me towards really focusing on my reflexes and what's happening around the game like you really have to be like in in sync with that to be successful and i think that's similar to those dark souls games right like you really need to concentrate and find a strategy that works and and go with that right the the first time you take on a boss in dark souls or whatever you're gonna get your ass kicked but like you you can eventually find like something that works out right mm -hmm. so um and then one more uh the evil within I was near the like final, not the last boss. The last boss was actually laugh laughable because uh, it was so easy. But like there was a couple like main parts um, before you got to the final boss location, and I did not do a good job at preserving my ammo. And I tried so many different methods that, uh, but I was just I couldn't get past. I kept dying over and over and over again to the point I'm like. I need to put this game down and I didn't play it for almost an entire year and then the sequel came out 
I'm like, okay, hey, I'm gonna pick this game up. And the only way I actually got past it is, because basically I had to clear out all these enemies in this specific area, obviously to advance to the next one. And I kind of cheated the game a little bit where I was, because I had barely any ammo to defeat these enemies, but you still have the melee option. So I would like, I went up this one ladder and the enemies like follow you. And so the enemies go up the ladder. And as soon as it got near the top, I would like hit it or whatever, and it would fall down. And the melee damage compared to like a bullet damage is like way less. So I basically did this, I don't know, for a solid like 15, 20 minutes until it was enough <laughs> to like kill all the enemies and then I was able to move on. But oh my gosh, was I mad. Like I, it's especially angry, like the same with your situation when you're like so close to the end, mm-hmm. right? And like you can, you can see the light, but getting there is just so hard and you're like is it really worth it but yeah anyways um yeah so sure i'd love to hear your guys's uh angriest you've got at a video game whether it was due to difficulty or maybe due to technical glitches or something like that but you can write in um and we'll share on the show if anyone writes in next week um so yeah uh we'll wrap up the show here so uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Adam, where can people find you? Um, uh, for now, just, uh, just use at AdamPalooza85 uh, for Twitter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, I'm going forward. I'll just say I'm, I'm looking forward to having you on the show um, more often and stuff like that. I think... The episodes, like no no word of a lie, the episodes you have been on have been some of the highest uh, listen counts and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to kind of having this kind of vibe for the the podcast going forward. So, yeah, uh, thanks for, as always, joining me today. Um, you can catch the, everything else uh, for the podcast on all the social media sites. So, Facebook, just search for Games Are Fun. Twitter, at Games Are Fun Pod. And Instagram, at Games Are Fun Podcast. I really need to make them all the same just to make it easy but um yeah we will talk to you guys uh next tuesday so yeah enjoy your week talk to you later (laughs) yeah